This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 424. And the quote of the day is, it's not how much money you make, but how much money you keep, how hard it works for you, and how many generations you keep it for. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming. And beyond, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey, hey, what's going on? This is Nick Ruffini. This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast. Hope all is well in your world. And if it's not well, think about how you can make it better. Life is, uh, life is pretty good. So if you have some, have some gratitude and, and realize that what you have is good, and if there's some things that are bad, figure out some ways that you can change it. I'm always happy to help. I don't know if I can, but if you ever need anything, shoot me an email, nick at drummersresource.com. Hey, I want to let you know also that this episode is free thanks to the good friends at Music Pro Insurance. And for over 20 years, they've been specializing in offering affordable insurance for you to protect all of your gear. What you may not know is that your gear is not protected by your auto insurance or your homeowner's insurance if you're out on the road. You can insure up to $12,000 worth of gear for about 150 bucks a year. That's the price of one gigs pay. So check them out at musicproinsurance.com and make sure you get yourself covered. So speaking of Music Pro Insurance, this uh, this topic or this episode is all about sort of money management for musicians. And I know that a lot of you are going to be like, Nick, why are you talking about money on a drumming podcast? But you know that we cover a wide variety of topics. And I think that one of the most important ones that I, that I see a lot with musicians is money and money management and not having enough for a rainy day or not having enough to pay for things or they're struggling or whatever the case may be. So this isn't necessarily if you are a full-time you know, drummer, and that's all that you all, all you do. This could be for people who have full time jobs and they play on the weekends. Whatever the case may be, I think that this is valuable information for everyone. And also, you know that we talk about things on this podcast that are life related, that are personal development related, all that stuff. And the common thread that we all have is that we're all drummers. So I want to get into this and. One of the th- one of the reasons why I've been really thinking about this a lot is I'm seeing more and more posts on social media about people who have injuries who are musicians who either can't pay for their health insurance or their car breaks down or they don't have money for this or they don't have money for that and it's a sad state and I think a lot of it is avoidable and I think a lot of times we don't have good money practices. So whether again whether you do this as whether you're a full-time musician or whether you do it on the side, I think that there are ways that you can use that side income to stack away for a rainy day and also if you do this full-time there should be ways that you're that you're managing your money properly. So the first thing, the first and foremost is where I see people get into a lot of trouble is taxes. So as soon as you get paid, you got to take 30% and you got to put it aside for taxes and you cannot touch it. That's the hardest part. I don't care. Give it to your mom. Give it to your friend that you trust. Put it in a six-month CD so you can't touch it. But you got to put 30% away for taxes because you're going to have to pay those taxes either way. Now, if you have a full-time job where you're, you're an employee, you're getting those taxes already taken out. But if you're a freelance musician or you're working with someone where you're going to get a 1099 or you're a freelance artist or a freelance designer or whatever you're doing, 
If you're not paying taxes up front, you're going to have to pay those taxes at some point when you file your taxes. So take 30% of that money and pretend that it does not exist. You get a thousand bucks, 300 of that has to go into a savings account and it's got to go to the IRS. Sorry, just the way that it is. So you got to take that 30% and you got to put it in the bank. Number two is to pay yourself first. So this is something that I learned a long time ago that the poor mentality is that you spend first and then save whatever's left. And a rich mentality is to save first and then spend whatever's left, whatever's left. So people, you know, you get paid, you get a thousand bucks in your check and you're an employee. So that's all your money that you can do whatever you want with it. So you pay off a couple bills, you do this, then you go out to dinner, then you buy a couple things and you do all this other stuff with it. And then you're like, oh, I don't have any money left to save. So you should save first, spend whatever's less. So if you figure out, okay, I want to set, I want to save $300 a month. You get paid every two weeks, take 150 bucks, put it in savings, and then whatever's left over, you pay your bills with it, and then you can spend the rest. But make sure that you're paying yourself first, save first. And I'm, well, this is controversial, but I'm almost to the point where like you should pay yourself first before you do anything else. So like credit card bills and all that kind of stuff, but that's a whole different topic. But at least pay yourself first before you pay Chipotle or before you pay, you know, rolling rock beer or before you pay all these other people before you go out and buy a new iphone make sure that you're paying yourself first you're putting that money in the bank for yourself for a later day third is health insurance and there are plenty of ways that you can get affordable health insurance now and that's a lot of um it's it's not a way to save money until something happens and you see again i mentioned it earlier you see a lot of people who get some sort of health issue and they don't have any money to pay for it because they're independent musicians and then there's a GoFundMe for them and then everyone else has to pay for that when it could be avoided when you could just go out and get your own health insurance so i highly recommend that you get some health insurance Number four is insure your gear. And I mentioned earlier, this episode, full disclosure, Music Pro Insurance is a sponsor on this podcast. And Music Pro Insurance, they've been around for 20 years and they offer insurance for your gear. And what you may not realize is that if your trailer gets broken into, your car insurance does not cover that. And some homeowners insurance policies aren't going to even cover it if it's in your house. And depending on the policy. And then, but it's hard to get it's hard to get coverage on gear especially out on the road so you can go and for $12,000 i just did this yesterday for $12,000 i looked it up it's $152 a year for insurance that's what it came up as the quote and you can insure more or less but $12,000 worth of gear for $120 a year to me is a no brainer it gets broken into in your car you got no issues, all that stuff. Check them out. They're at musicproinsurance.com. Again, full disclosure, they are a sponsor of this podcast, but I highly, highly, highly recommend their service. My buddy Dylan Wissing, who I've had on the podcast multiple times, uh, he's a good buddy of mine. He has a studio in Hoboken. His entire studio got flooded in a hurricane and they replaced everything for him, no questions asked. And they are super easy to work with and they specialize in insurance for musicians. So check them out at musicproinsurance.com. So that was number four, get you some gear insurance. Number five, eliminate 
non-asset. So what does that mean? Like that's a fancy way of saying that you should be eliminating any liabilities that you have. So how can you get rid of things that are costing you money and they're not making you any money? So if you can, if you can look at different way or different things, like uh, if you have a car payment, you may want to get rid of your car and just buy a car outright. So you don't have any monthly payments or whatever the case may be. So anything that's costing you money every month that doesn't really need to be costing you money, uh, see where you can eliminate those non quote unquote assets, non things that things that don't make you money. Uh, number six will be cut spending and monthly subscriptions. This one's a, this is huge, especially now with, with how oh, there's all these other options for internet and for cable and all that stuff. Like some people's cable bills are like $190 a month when you could go and get like Hulu or something like that. So try to figure out how you can eliminate all these monthly subscriptions and monthly payments because they start to add up. You pay $50 here, $100 here, $100 here. Like, ends up being a lot of money. And I know that you can, you can go and if you're not in a contract for your, for your uh, cable, you can go and get Hulu for like 30 bucks a month versus, you know, 190 for Comcast or whatever it is, or just call if you like having Comcast or Verizon or whatever you have, see if you can downgrade your service. Maybe you don't need 187,000 channels. And maybe you can, if you can save 50 bucks there and you can cancel your Netflix, Netflix subscription, cause you'll probably get more done anyway. And you can cut out another subscription here, a subscription there. If you're not using your gym membership, you should cancel it. Although I suggest you use your gym membership. But you could save $150, $200, $250 a month right there, and that can go right into savings because you're already spending it now. And so take that money and throw it in the savings. This isn't part of it, but a quick tip. If you have a car payment or any other payment that you're paying and then then you no longer need to pay that, say you have a $300 a month car payment and you've been paying it for five years. After you're done paying that off, you should continue taking that $300 and putting it in savings because you've been living without it for the last five years. Don't go take that $300 and go start spending it on something else. That's just, that's just foolish. So, uh, yeah, try to, try to eliminate some, some monthly subscriptions and you'll see those add up quickly. Number seven is track everything that you spend. A lot of times people don't know how much they're spending on anything. So. Track how much you're spending. Every time you get in the car to go to a gig, if you stop at the convenience store and you buy a coffee and you buy something to drink and you buy a bag of chips, might not seem like a lot, but okay, it's $7 here. On the way home, you're doing the same thing. That's 14. You do it again next weekend. That's 28. Then it continues to add up and add up. Plus you go, you know, you go out with your girlfriend or boyfriend or your wife or husband and you go to dinner. And then on the way home, you stop for a couple of drinks. You do that. So all of this stuff, if you're, if you're not really paying attention to it, you may not realize how much money you're spending. So just track everything that you spend when you're on the road, track how much money you're spending. If you're touring, how, if you're going to play gigs on the weekend, track how much money you're spending at the restaurant. If you're getting something to eat, are you having drinks? And listen, I'm not saying you should eliminate all this stuff. I'm just saying track it. So you can say, man, I spent, I spent $300 a month stopping at the convenience store for chips and water and this and that when I don't really need to. It adds up. Trust me. So just track it. Just like I said, I'm not telling you go into the restaurant and just drink water and don't get anything to eat when you're playing and on the way home, don't stop anywhere. I'm not saying that. I'm saying just track how much you spend. That's it. Uh, Number eight is, this is a super fancy way of saying this, but don't buy depreciating assets on credit. Okay. Super big words, right? What does that mean? Anything that's not going to be more valuable down the road, don't put it on a credit card. Like going out to eat, buying, you know, 
buying a bag of chips at the store or whatever, whatever vacations, all that stuff. Like that shit is not going to be more valuable in the future. And not only are you paying for it, then you got to pay interest on it. So anything that's not going to be worth more in the future, like a car, then you shouldn't buy it on credit. You should lease your car, not buy your car, but that's a whole different story. Um, so don't buy depreciating assets on credit. Don't buy things that are not going to be worth more money in the future. Don't buy them with a credit card. Buy them with a debit card. And if you can't afford them with a credit card, guess what? Or with a debit card, guess what? You can't afford it. And you shouldn't be buying it in the first place. And this stuff's hard, but like I think that you'll find if you do a couple of these things, you'll be in a lot better position. Uh, nine is write-offs. If you play music and you get paid to play music, then you can be writing off a lot of the stuff as a tax write-off for your gear, travel, gas, st- lessons, studio space, uh, you know, all that stuff. Anything that you use for your craft, for your career, you can write it off. Cell phone bill. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of them. Don't listen. I'm not an accountant. So go talk before you write anything off, talk to your accountant. But that's a way for you to pay a lot less taxes at the end of the year if you are writing off all of the expenses that you're having associated with. And I don't care if you play 10 shows a year, that's fine. You can still write off you know, a lot of your, a lot of your expenses that are associated with it. So if you drive 45 minutes and buy gas and all that stuff to go play a gig for a hundred bucks, you know, then you can write that gas off and all that kind of stuff. Here's the rub. I know a lot of you guys are getting paid a hundred bucks cash to play a gig and you're not reporting it, which it's illegal, whatever that's up. I mean, that's up to you, but, uh, so you can't write off, you can't use the tax write off and not claim the money. But if you are claiming the money, then you can write it off as well. So look into that, talk to an accountant. And uh, I think that's a, I think that's a great way to save yourself some money. And uh, the last thing is to create a budget. And I'm not really a big fan of creating a budget in terms of like, okay, this is what we need to stick to. But I am a fan of creating a budget to at least figure out where the money is going, how much you want to be spending on different things. And you may say, you know, you may realize that you need to be spending more money on this thing and need to be spending less money on this thing. That comes back to tracking everything that you spend and then creating a budget from there. Because if you have no idea what you're spending your money on, how much money you're saving, uh, you know, what, what you're working towards, anything like that, how the hell are you even going to keep track of it? I know a lot of people just get paid. They have their debit card and they just swipe it. They're not real, they're not saving anything. They're, they're spending money when they go out to eat, you know, and they don't track how much they're spending. And the thing that a budget is good for, it's like, okay, if you say, okay, we're going to spend $200 a month going out to eat. And this month you have a $600 repair on your car. That $600 has to come from somewhere. You can't just keep spending the the money going out to eat and figure and put the $600 expense on your credit card and then figure out, I don't know, we'll figure out how to pay for it later. Like that money has to come from somewhere. So it has to come from entertainment or it has to come from, you know, some other expenses that you have. You may have to not go away that weekend because you were going to spend $400 on, you know, going away and getting a hotel and going out to eat and all that stuff. So you have to take that money from somewhere unless, you know, you just you have enough money to pay for all this stuff. So uh, think about that. Creating a budget of, of how much you're spending for grocery shopping, how much you want to spend for entertainment, how much you're spending for your car payment, your rent, your electricity, all that stuff. And it's tedious in the beginning, but I don't want you to do what a lot of people do and just put their head in the sand. 
and just pretend that it doesn't exist. So you got to face these these problems head on. So those are sort of like my 10 rules for monitoring your your money as a musician. And because a lot of times we are so focused on the art and we're not necessarily concerned about money and and you know retirement and insurance and all these practical things because it's like, oh man, I just want to play my music. But you can't live that way because life is going to hit you one day and you're either going to need insurance or you're going to have uh, you know, a, a, a bill that you got to pay for your house or your car or whatever it is. You may break your hand, God forbid, and not be able to drum for six months. Whatever it is, you need to plan for a rainy day and you need to plan for when you're 50 and 60 and 70 and 80 and 90. And maybe you're not going to be playing 200 shows a year when you're 85 years old. So those are my top 10 little tips and I'd love to hear your feedback on it and if you agree disagree whatever the case may be I didn't mean to rhyme that but I'm a poet and don't know it and until the next podcast keep drumming thank you so much for listening and I'll be talking to you soon peace peace